Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. paper sure don't let it fool you you know I'll be done eventually by Tuesday <laughs> something like that glory be to God we just had so so many good things going around on the inside of us about this today let's go to first Corinthians 12 tonight we're going to start over there and we're going to talk about the gifts of the spirit and we'll see where we go from there. I don't know about tomorrow night, but we'll probably stay with it is what I'm thinking. But we need some teaching. Amen. You know, I, I'm not making fun of teaching, but, you know, we need to realize, I'm just saying this to all of us, we need to be word and spirit people. Amen. Now, here's a problem sometimes because if you're not anointed to move in the spirit in a certain way and you try to do that, it's going to bring a lot of confusion and eventually bring people into bondage because you're not listening to God. I'm not trying to be something I'm not. I'm trying to fulfill what's already in me or things that I have over long years of impartations from my spiritual father. Thank you for your encouragement. <laughs> so let's just realize, but we need to realize God wants to use every one of us. Now, not necessarily in a public setting, but he wants to use us nonetheless. How about your home life? My kids are wonderful kids, my two biological children I have, Jessica and Jordan. But I cast the devil out of both of them at least one time in their life. I think they were teenagers. I think Jordan was a little bit younger. I just prayed for him in my house and just like I would up front and command that spirit to come out and it came out. I didn't have to do that every week, thank God. Anyway, it's just important to know what we're saying here. We, we need these gifts to operate. And we'll see more and more as we get into it a little bit. Let's start in verse 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now, 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 now every time I read that, that brings it into now. You know, now people, I've heard people say, well, the gifts of the Spirit have been done away with. Well, somebody need to tell God because he don't know that. You know, and he put now. So every time you read that, it, it, it trumps itself right up to being now. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Or one translation, I would not have you misinformed. Or my spiritual father's translation, I would not have you stupid. That's what he used to say. And so, but see, we need to realize, and let me say something else about it. So first of all, this verse always updates itself into now. How do you do away with now? You can't do that. And furthermore, now let me say, say something real simple, but I don't know why people get confused. If they're the gifts of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit would have to be removed if it's not for us today. And if he's removed, none of us have ever been born again. We're all going to hell, so you, that's a problem. We just need to know more about these gifts and how they function. And let me say something in fairness to what I'm teaching. Uh, we've been doing this and moving in our life since 1978, since the day I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Those things began to kick in in my life. 
I didn't ask for it, it just came. So this is important. Praying in tongues is important too for your getting into the gifts of the Spirit. And if you don't know something, you need to ask somebody that does know or get somebody's good material they may have on that subject. I don't read everybody's books. No way. I just go with the people in, that I understand. They, I'm in their camp, so to speak. Hallelujah. <laughs> so let's read, read this one more time. I want to insert something here, what it says in the Greek New Testament. Now concerning the things that pertain to the Spirit. See, now we're talking about the Word, but not fully. We are talking about everything needs to be based on the Word, but he's not really directing it to that as much as he's saying, now concerning the things that pertain to the Spirit realm. Because in this chapter, he not just deal with the gifts of the Spirit. That's what I'm dealing with tonight. He later deals with the fivefold ministry. How many know that? <laughs> Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, and ministry of helps. If you're not in this group, you're in that group. And if you're not in any group, I don't know what to tell you. You're just not a help, I guess. You say, well, I don't ever do nothing. Well, why don't you for your church? We, never, we need every part functioning. I know there's one, two, three, four, five I'm counting in the sound booth. Then we had ushers, we had parking lot attendants. All that contributes, you know. We just need to realize it's... It, really critical and normally the preacher or the pastor I'm not a pastor but normally whoever's speaking the last thing they get to when they come to a church you know they first they meet people in the parking lot and if somebody's got an attitude park over there you don't even want us to get out of your car do you <laughs> okay now concerning spiritual gifts brethren and also I wanted to tell you this sistering so when it says brethren it's talking about all of us all right, and then let's, let me read on up here, verse 4. Now there are, notice that there are, there's not going to be, and there, it's not that they were. There are, what's that mean, present tense? There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit that operates through different people in different ways. And there are, verse 5, differences of administrations, but the same Lord. I like that, like this, if you had 10 pastors and you lined them all up, they'd have to have some similarities in them to qualify for that mantle as a pastor. Amen. Loving the sheep, but normally they'll have some kind of operation, but it may not be duplicated over and over, even with the prophet's ministry. I mean, I relate to some prophets, others I don't relate to too well. But anyway, and there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord, and there are diversities or we would say various types of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. See, i got to stay in my mantle and how God uses me. Typically, God uses me through laying on of my hands, but it's not the simple gift of laying on the hands. It's to transmit that healing anointing or some other anointing that's in me to other people. We're not praying for the sick. We're ministering healing out of our mantle that comes from heaven through physical hands to go into people and straighten out their bodies. Are you listening to me? So if I just went back trying to pray for everybody and, and operate in what I'm called to, I'd be violation of that. Now it's scriptural to lay hands on the sick and pray. And every believer has that right and every believer has that responsibility. We say, well, I don't. Well, why don't you get with it? You can start with your own family. 
but where you work, where you shop, all kinds of places. Yeah, I was in Kroger's recently, and the lady asked me how I'm doing. I said, pretty good. How are you? Not so good. I got a migraine headache. I said, leave Tornsby. And I laid hands on her head. I said, I command that thing to come out of her in Jesus' name. The guy behind me was real patient. He just looked at me and kind of smiled. I don't know if he realized what I was doing. <laughs> but she said, when I took my hands off, my headache's gone. I said, hey, that's how it's supposed to work. <laughs> you just start simple. And if you're smart, you'll stay simple. Now, let's go to verse 7 now. So, we're talking about in this chapter particularly, we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. There's nine of them. Verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man, or we would say every person in the body of Christ, to profit with all. So, whatever we have of these gifts, they're to profit with the whole body in some form or fashion. Verse 8, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, and to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, and to another, it should read this way, it's this way in the, in the Greek, special faith by the same Spirit, and to another the gifts, and it should read healings. I don't know why they didn't put plural on it there. It does other places he puts plural on there. But it's called the gifts of healings, and to another uh, the working of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. So these are nine gifts. There's three gifts that say something, which is tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. You listen? So, and if you have a tongue in a church meeting, unless you have an intercessory meeting and you tell everybody, pray with me in the Holy Ghost, that's not a violation of God's word. Okay, but normally when you have a church that has somebody that can speak in tongues publicly, you see, you have to be, it's not the same as just praying in tongues in your own personal language. It's a gift that comes on you to speak, and then you'd have to have an interpreter there. Or it said if you don't have one, it'd be better if you just were quiet. Because people would get confused. Why'd that tongue come forth? All right, just talking to you here. Okay, then we got three gifts of... Uh, Revelation, the word of wisdom, the discerning of spirits. I operate in two of these. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. So we're talking about revelation gifts that reveal something to us from God's side. The word of wisdom typically deals more with the future and more about the plan of God in your life. Word of, word of knowledge is a, is a gift of spirit that operates right then at that moment to reveal to you something that somebody is dealing with or whatever. In my ministry, like concerning healing, I will know certain things about the Holy Ghost. He'll either show me in vision form or just I'll just know down here and I speak that out and people respond. See? Are you listening? But see, you know, I use these things in my prayer life as much or more than I do in a public setting. So anyway, we're talking, these reveal something. There's three gifts that uh, say something. We said prophecy, tongues, and, and then interpretation of tongues. Then we have three power gifts. Number one, special faith. Number two, working of miracles. Number three, the gifts of healings. So these are the nine gifts of the Spirit. And let's read verse 11 here. This is critically that we get this. But all these worketh, all that we just read about there, in the gifts of the Spirit, all of these worketh 
that one and selfsame spirit, the Holy Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Now here's the key to this whole, what we're talking about. It's as the Spirit wills. And see, there's a lot of people that come with a hidden agenda or secret motives. They want to come into a church and show out and show everybody how spiritual they are. But some of us, a few of us that are beyond that, we can tell whether you're just full of hot air or you're really a Holy Ghost person. See, you got to learn to pull it in and start where you live right there. That's where you start. You know where I started? At the beginning. I didn't know any of these things even were real. I Nobody taught me that in the Baptist church. I went to Baptist seminary. They still didn't teach it. They made fun of these things. But I just kept on pressing because I was hungry. I think some of my family members were thrilled I got saved because my mom used to say, pray for Michael. He's going to kill somebody or be killed because he's a full-blown drug addict. He's carrying a gun. He's crazy. Are you listening? Yeah. But anyway, I made it. God still reached out to me. <laughs> so we need to know these things. We're going to give you some little some background. I've got a lot of notes on this subject, but you can just pay attention. Let me read one more verse before we go any further. In 1 Corinthians 14, uh, he's still talking about spiritual gifts. It says, follow after charity, or that would be love. And desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Notice he says to desire spiritual gifts. You know, I don't understand. People say, well, all that's been done away with. Well, why would God tell us to desire it if we can't have it? And by the way, you know, let me say something real clear. All of these are gifts. You didn't earn it and I didn't earn it. And I'm not being a smart like, but either you got it or you don't got it. And you need to know the difference. Because if you don't have it and you try to perform something, you open yourself up to familiar spirits. Is anybody paying attention to me? So I never push for anything. I'm not up here to perform anything. I'm up here to yield to God, teach you some about it. But here's several other translations of verse 1, chapter 14, verse 1, remember? Follow after love and desire spiritual gifts. Here's another translation of Phillips. Set your heart on the gifts of the Spirit. Touch your heart on it. Number two, different, the Williams translation says, still keep cultivating your spiritual gifts. That's what I'm doing. And I mean, I've been Spirit-filled since 1978, started operating immediately in the Word of Knowledge that day. I had a little girl in my church, about, I don't know, maybe 10 years old. Let's call her Rebecca. Uh, she was... Uh, she'd put, her parents took her to uh, ear specialists, and they were gonna. She'd had tubes put in her ear four times, and none of it worked. All the fluid backed up in her head and in her ears, and started rotting her eardrums. So they're doing major surgery. The next Friday, they're taking her in, and this was the Saturday before I got filled with the Holy Ghost by myself in my little my little apartment study or whatever you call back bedroom on a porch. And what, that afternoon, God dealt with me about Rebecca and said. I want you to call the parents and ask them if you can pray for her in the morning. She's going in next Friday for surgery. I want you to lay hands on her and pray over her. Okay, I called the parents and said that. Would you, I would like to pray for your daughter tomorrow, Rebecca, for she just had major surgery next Friday. Is that right? Yeah, they're going to cut her head open on both sides, open it up, try to repair it. They're not sure they can. She's starting to lose her hearing. 
So I prayed for that little girl, Rebecca. They took her in for the surgery, and of course the nurse came out and took her back. Ten minutes later, the two surgeons came out with the nurse. They said, everything's fixed. We recognize Rebecca because we examined her a week ago. But nothing needs, she hears perfect, everything, all the stuff that was rotted has been replaced. And you know that father called me and he was mad about it. If you look in a, a dictionary, a big dictionary for idiot, there's a picture of him. <laughs> you think I'm teasing, I'm not. He gave me a hard time. He called me up and said, I'm not coming back to your stupid church. And of course, I was pretty strong then, not much as, not a lot stronger I am today to say to somebody what I need to say. But I said, well, aren't you her father? Well, you know I am. Why'd you ask that? I said, you'd rather put your daughter through the surgery of cutting her head open. That seems like a major undertaking. And she's going to have to have time to, re, to recoup. And then they didn't even guarantee they could do it. I'm not putting down doctors. That's just where they're at. You know, they're not God. And neither are we. But he lives in us if we let him live in us. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I said, You're her, and you would rather see your daughter go through the surgery? I said, God did it for free. You didn't pay me nothing, and you certainly didn't pay God. God did that for you of his own love for your daughter, Rebecca, and you're mad about it? I would have said a lot more things today if he did that. <laughs> yeah. And why was that? Why would? Why did that happen? I'm gonna see. I'm gonna tell you why it happened. You're wondering what I mean. What? It, well, the devil. I stepped out to obey God. The day I got filled with the Holy Ghost was a Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. God told me about Rebecca. Ministered to her on Sunday. Next Friday, I told you the end result. And so he, the devil, was trying to push back on me to say, "See, this is the kind of attitude you're going to have from human beings when you yield to me, like you just did." And that was just the beginning of my ministry. He's trying to shut me down. Remember the three preachers I told you I was in a room with? And they said, well, you're just young and dumb, and we hear you pray in tongues and pray for the sick. I said, yeah, I sure do. Well, the Bible doesn't teach that. I said, well, wait a minute now. I have this little book called The Baptist Faith and Message. This is what we say we believe, right, gentlemen? We are Baptists, right? You guys are all, oh, yeah. Uh, page 47, we believe in the Holy Spirit and his gifts. Well, that's not what we meant. And I fired back, well, you shouldn't have wrote it. Mm -hmm. No. I wasn't totally, uh, you know, lame back then. I could speak and talk, but, man, they gave me, what's that for? God's trying to push against me, so I'll shut all that supernatural down. And have just a regular, natural, do-nothing church. When it comes to all the spiritual things that's available to us today. Just remember, persecution comes for the word's sake. Because not only did he yield to the Holy Ghost and get filled with it, and spoke in other tongues, where I went to school at the time is two weeks before I graduated. They made fun of that. And I remember saying when I knelt down to pray, Father, I don't care who this removes from my life or who it takes me to. I want it and I need it. And I started speaking in tongues. It's just that simple. 
<clears throat> Here's another translation. I'm still in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Make spiritual gifts your aspiration. Not the only aspiration, but go after those things. You're going to have to go after them. You're going to have to know what each gift does and how it operates. And you have to figure out your pattern. You have to figure out how God uses you. I have to figure out how God uses me. But here's the way some people think. Sometimes people have the attitude, if they can, so can I. I'm going to be like so-and-so. You first need to find out where God placed you in the body. You got chapter and verse. I'm glad you asked that. 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18. We're right there close by. But now hath God set the members, every one of them. How many? Every one of them in the body as it pleased him. Not how it pleases me. How if it pleases him. When you try to do something without the anointing, it brings confusion and eventually error. I remember I went to this one church. It was supposed to be a word of faith church. It kind of was. That's kind of be. Not fully, but. And there was the same lady. She would always uh, speak out and pray in tongues and interpret her own tongue. And she said, I love you, Lord. saith the Lord. Yeah, yeah, I love you. And that's all she ever said. And I thought, I just don't think that's God. <laughs> I know that God loves me because the Bible says that. But there was no, let me say it to you this way. I don't know if I'm, you're with me or not. There was no bite on it. No kick to it. <laughs> if it's the Holy Ghost, there'll be a kick. All right. There will be a more more consistent manifestations of these gifts because of the office of ministry you stand in. Even Howard Carter, who was a man greatly used of God, wrote a lot of books on the gifts of the Spirit, I believe. Uh, and Brother Summerall traveled with him. And he was in a church, he preached a message, and then somebody brought, uh, somebody, was, he was introduced to this lady, and she said, uh, my daughter has a problem, and I need you to pray healing to her. And he said, well, I don't operate so much in gifts of healings, but my wife does. Honey, come over here and pray for this girl. And God healed the girl. Now, see, most people say, I'll take care of all that. But he didn't, he didn't have what it takes to take care of that. I hope I'm making sense. I want to encourage you to be all you can be, but don't be something you're not. And it will grate on people like me because I know that's not real with you. <laughs> you know, and I've had to toss some people down very few times, but tried to privately, but they wouldn't take it. Finally, I had to just rebuke her in front of the whole church. You know, you know when I was a pastor, I was a real pastor talking you cannot grow and operate in the spirit beyond your knowledge that's why I'm talking to you about these gifts God does not bless ignorance and if you want to grow spiritually you can but I'm not going to do your growing for you and you're not going to, your wife's not going to do it either for you or your husband you're going to have to take some things and do it yourself alright I think I'm going, to, I'm going to wave that on a little bit for Maybe later. Let me talk to you about the purposes of the gifts. We're going to get down in more specific things in a minute. But first of all, to show and demonstrate God's love and mercy and compassion to people. <laughs> I remember I was with Mike Rabel over here. 
I think it was Tuke's Pond, city known for witchcraft. You remember that, Michael? And we were in a little teeny room. There's about 16 people, and I preached on the power and the blood. And I said, does anybody need to get saved? And a girl about 17 years old sitting right across from me, just a few feet. And so I prayed with her to get saved. And then I said, I want to lay hands on, on you for healing. If you need it, how many people want hands? Like, the whole group lifted their hand. So I said to Mike, let's go to the guy with the leaves pasted on his head. <laughs> he had like a tree leaves, and they were pasted on his head with pig fat. He not only looked weird, he smelled weird. And he was kind of an older gentleman back then. I said, what's with the, what's, and Michael was interpreting for me, what's with the leaves, Dad? He said, well, I went to the witch doctor for my headaches. I said, well, do you still have headaches? Yes. I said, if you rip them off your head, I will pray for you. you never have another headache. I just knew by the Holy Ghost I could say that. You got, to know you, you got to know that too. That's a little deeper level to know exactly. If you're going to say that, you better have the goods. But Michael, and he ripped them off. I prayed for him. Michael's my witness. You told me he grew to be quite an elderly man beyond what he was when we met him. And he never had another headache. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Praise God. To supernaturally build up and strengthen the church. That's purpose number two. Supernaturally build up and strengthen the church. Number three, to destroy the works of the devil and set the captives free. And number four, to evangelize the world and reach the unreached by meeting the needs of people, supernaturally confirming the preaching of the gospel. All right. Thank you, Father. The gifts of the Spirit have not ceased. They're for us today. We just read it now. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. And the gifts of the Spirit are not just a privileged few in the body of Christ, but they are there for every believer if you need it. Mm -hmm. The gifts of the Spirit are not mysterious or mystical and can be exercised by all Spirit-filled Christians. Now, whether you operate in it regularly, that's another thing. You know, I operate consistently in the word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, have miracles, and I have some gifts of healings in me too. But more than that, I have a healing endowment, which is broader than that even, than the gifts of healings. And there's just some areas I'm just super strong in, and either other areas that I'm not as strong, but I'm still strong enough to deal with it if I need to. I hope you're listening. not bragging about me. These are gifts. I didn't earn them. Listen, quit thinking you want what you earned because you're going to be limited severely by that. You want what's being offered. Mm -hmm. The gifts of the Spirit are not difficult to understand. The Bible says we are to have clear knowledge about the gifts. Verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 12. I just read you that a minute ago. Did I not? I sure did. Okay. Now, let's see here where I want to go. Let's go to... Uh, First uh, Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 5. Just giving an overview here. We'll get down into some particulars in a little bit here. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> First Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 5. And we're just, we'll look at a couple passages to different churches. This was at the, to the church of Thessalonica. And Paul writes there in 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Thessalonians, I'm sorry, 1 Thessalonians 1 and 5. But our gospel, notice he called it our gospel, came not unto you in word only. See, here's the problem I have sometimes. Now, there's nothing wrong with teaching the Bible. We all need Bible teaching, but 
I'm going to say this as nice as I can say it. If just teaching would have put us over, honey, we'd been over in 1970. We've had, we've had so immense amount of teaching in the body of Christ in our day. You've got 55 translations you could pick from. A lot of good books have been written about this subject as well as other topics. But he said the thing I'm preaching doesn't just come in word only. See, I've heard people, I heard a guy preaching on deliverance on TV one time, and this is just the way that I think. To know me is to love me, and if you don't, that's okay too. <laughs> so he's going to teach about deliverance. I said to myself, I'm going to see what this joker knows. Yeah, he's popular. He's in California, but he's got a mega church and written hundreds of books probably. And he's preaching on deliverance. And up to a point he said everything I would say, not nearly to the degree I would say it, but nonetheless. And then he just closed the Bible and dismissed him. He was in a huge coliseum. There must have been 10,000 people there. And he's not even going to pray for anybody. Because he don't know how. You know, anybody can get up and teach you things if they're smart enough to take notes, read a book about it, and then get up and act like they know that. But that doesn't make it their revelation. Then I heard another jokester. He's got a mega church too. If I, if I told you the names of these two men, I'd be slandering, so I'm not going to tell you. But he's teaching about angels. That really pricked my, you know, intensity to listen to him. And I wonder what he's going to say. And he did not bad, you know, for being a pastor. But uh, he got to the end, shut his Bible, and told him this is the end of the service. In other words, these men are teaching things, but they don't even believe it themselves. There's more, listen, there's more to teaching, listen to me carefully when I say that, than just you teaching the Bible. If it's a real thing from God, I'm talking about the gifts of the Spirit now, you're going to have to have some demonstration of that in your life. So many things we're taught anymore, especially TV preachers, either they're scared to show it on air, but I don't think they normally know it. Our gospel came not unto you in word only, but in power and in the Holy Ghost. So that indicates to me he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. So not only did they not just preach the word only, but they, there was a demonstration of things, powerful things that happened. And he would, they, they were fully assured about what they were teaching. Yeah, Pastor Keith was with me one time. I went to Mexico City. I've been there a lot of times in my life. And we were, uh, the driver, my driver, uh, hit, let me start over. His the guy in the church named Paco, his dad's like a DEA general over DEA in Mexico. It's not called that, it's something different. He had a hundred drug busts on you know, powerful drug dealers in Mexico City and didn't get one police officer killed. And I mean, the cartels, they can take you out in a minute there. And so uh, when I was down there previous at this guy's house, Paco, he said, I want to give my dad one of your angel books. Would you sign it? I told him, thank you for your service to God and to your country. So he wanted to meet me next time I came. So we went to the house of Paco. Pastor Keith was with me. I sat down at the table and he started talking and the Lord, the Lord said, just let him talk. Don't interrupt him. Okay. And he said, you know, he just act like everybody was going to hell and 
what he acted like. And everybody was a crook. And I said, sir, excuse me, but that's who you deal with. You're dealing with uh, drug cartel people that will blow your head off. <laughs> and you're dealing with pimps and prostitutes and all that's ugly and nasty. But I'm in the church, and I said, for my part, all the young people in the church want to live for God. Maybe they don't, aren't living for God, but they want to. Yeah. And that's about all I said to him then. So he sat down over behind the couch. You remember that? I got up to preach. I preached about 30 minutes on angels. I must have had 25 words of knowledge that night. And one of them, one, the second thing I said, I think, had to do with nightmares where it, it's just messing you over. And it was his son's house I was living in. He, he sat in the chair in the middle. You remember that? Then I had another word of knowledge that affected his wife. Prayed for her. She got healed. Another word of knowledge that prayed for his other daughter. And she got healed. And her husband got healed. And I don't know, there's just about 25 words of knowledge. And finally, the, the general was behind the couch. He stood to his feet in the middle of me talking and said, Preacher, pray for me. <laughs> And he went like this. I said, what's the matter with your arm, sir? He said, I got shot five years ago in a drug deal, and my arm doesn't work right. I went over and grabbed his arm prayed for him, and God healed him. <laughs> you know, God will heal generals and all. And I'll never forget this, because he, he wasn't mad at me or anything. He wanted to meet me, but he was just in a different mindset than I was. This is a very expensive home like a mini mansion wouldn't you say Pastor Keith man oh man and so he went over to this piece of furniture and grabbed this crystal uh, bowl looked like it was worth a thousand dollars and the general did this he said let's take up an offering for Dr. Jacobs <laughs> and he, you know he didn't let anybody intimidate him he was with to everybody put something in this I don't think that's the word prophet used correctly, but the gifts of the Spirit to profit with all. I don't think he meant money, but the general took a liking to me when he saw that what we were doing was legit. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. True story. you got a lot of stories. Oh, you haven't got time for them all. I know that, but yeah, I've got quite a few. I didn't get into it to have a story. I got in it to help people. But I know what I'm talking about too. First Corinthians chapter two, verse four and five. I'm giving some introduction around the <clears throat> comment of the gifts of the spirit to show you it's very common in the Bible. <clears throat> First Corinthians two four, Paul says, "My speech and my preaching." So it wasn't just what he preached, but what he said yes. on a daily basis. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Your faith tonight needs to be in the power of God. Everybody's faith needs to be in the What can the power of God do? It can do anything that he can do. I'm sure I haven't plummeted the depths of that yet, but I'm working on it. Yeah, I sure am. I had a young man uh, came to one of my meetings in Cookville, Tennessee. I don't think Pastor Luke is here tonight, is he? So uh, this young man, he was about 20 at that time. It was about two years ago. Somebody must have told him I had a healing ministry. And his pastor I knew a little bit at that point. I've since been to his church and preached. But anyway, this boy's name was Benjamin. 
20 years old. He was in my meeting. I said, if you have anything wrong with you, get up here. I'm going to minister to you. I laid hands on him. I don't even remember praying over him, just laid hands on him, and that power went into him. But he used to have a breakout of tumors on his rear end when he was in high school, a junior, sophomore, junior. He said it was terrible, Dr. Jacobs. had all these tumors on my rear end, and they would fill up with pus and blood, and they would break, and it would smell terrible, and I'd be embarrassed in high school. You can imagine this boy. And said, I have to go home, change my clothes. <laughs> and said, I went to a doctor for it, and he couldn't do anything. said, I'm going to have to surgically cut them out. So he had all these different tumors back there. At one time, he had them surgically removed. Right before I came to his city, I don't know how long they'd been there, but they'd all came back, he said, and maybe some of their cousins. And he said, oh, my God. And I said, this is what he told me after the fact. He said, I said to myself when I heard Dr. Jacobs is coming to town, and I'm not trying to puff my own horn. I don't got anything to puff about. But he said, I, when I get there, I'm going to have him lay hands on me, and I'll be healed. So I laid hands on him. I don't even remember the boy in the prayer line. You know, because sometimes I pray for so many people, and people act like they're my long-lost friend. I know them forever, but <laughs> I would swear I'd never met them before. But he said, I didn't feel anything when you touched me, but I know you said if I had anything wrong, all of us that came. In the healing realm, God would heal you. He said, I woke up the next day, and they all dissolved, and we're gone. Hallelujah. Yeah. And then me and Mike Rabel went to uh, Manzanillo, Mexico, to Pastor Maria Rancun's church. And we were teaching on angels. I was teaching. Mike, Mike Rabel there was interpreting. Had a word of knowledge about hearts, physical hearts. Got a heart problem come up. And I went, the first one was a man, the second one a lady, and then I couldn't tell you the rest of them. There was about eight or ten people. But what was interesting, when I touched this guy on his head, and I said, Father, I pray for him, have a new heart. And all of a sudden, an angel came around my right side and stuck his arm into this guy's chest. He just went like, zoop. And then it looked like to me, and what I'm seeing him do that, looked like he's opening the safe, but what's he doing? He's repairing that guy's heart. When I took my hand off of him, he pulled his hand out. The next one was a lady, same thing, all of them. So when it was over, the lady ran to me. And she was so uh, intensely taken by that. She said, did you see that angel put his hand in my chest? I said, slow down. <laughs> slow down. Did you see that angel put his hand in my chest? And I just acted, did the angel put his hand in your chest? Yes, he did. Did you see it? Yes, I did. What happened? Well, I had all these symptoms. I've had a bad heart for a long time. And said when he got done put his arm out, I was healed. Every symptom left me. <laughs> they work with me in my healing ministry. Not, not just that one, but others too. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it says here there should be demonstrations at some level in our life of the spirit and the power. That our faith would not be in the wisdom of men. You know, I'm not putting down people, but when you're a natural person, you're just, you're restricted into that natural realm. See, see, listen, what I'm talking to you about is really what comes out of that spirit realm. Tonight, I'm talking about the gifts of the Spirit. That all come out of that spirit world. Not an unreal world, just an unseen world. Unless you operate in discerning spirits like I do. And I've had a lot of visions. Not bragging, I didn't ask for any of them. I still don't ask for them. I, I'm smarter than that. Because you ask for things that you can't handle, and life, so a lot of things liable to happen that should, you shouldn't have saw, and it was the devil in disguise. Yeah. All right. I, I hope you're paying attention. 
So first of all, we think about this, the knowledge of the gifts of the Spirit were common in the New Testament. We already went to 1 Corinthians 12. We didn't need to go back here. So we see the churches, the church of Corinth had these gifts. That's where I read that long passage. And how about this, Romans 1. Let's go back here to Romans chapter 1 a minute. And uh, I think it's verse, um, verse 7, Romans 1 and 7. Hallelujah. It says to all that be of, in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, called grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see here in, in this passage, there's a supernatural working. There's a supernatural working. Then let's go to Romans 11. Keep, just stay with me a minute. First uh, Romans uh, 11, uh, 29. It says, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. So here he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit and the calling that goes with that. See, with every calling, let me say it this way. Maybe they could say it this way. You know, Pastor Rogan's a great pastor, him and Cynthia. But when he asks me to come and preach, you're not in his room anymore. You're in my room, and my room's the room of the prophet. Amen. Even though it's the same physical space, and I'm in the same building, he just got up and spoke. I'm not a pastor. He's got gifts in him that maybe I don't have, but I have gifts in me that he doesn't have. Because it's a different operation. Right. We read that in 1 Corinthians 12, remember? Variety of things. So when you get in my room, I start pointing this out and pointing that out. And like the general story. All those things showed up and ministered. And it was wonderful. We had a wonderful meeting. So he's saying if you're called to do something, there's gifts that go with that calling. Especially fivefold. I mean, there are other people could operate in these gifts intermittently. But I mean a consistency of these things for some of us that are called where we genuinely been gifted by God to operate in things. Yeah. I operate in discerning of spirits when that's on me. And I remember this. I had a word of knowledge about, a word of knowledge, uh, about nightmares in a church in Texas, wasn't Pastor Dennis's church. I'd say eight or ten people came. I started here. I'd break that thing off your life. And all the way down to the last young lady, she was probably 30, 32, 33. When I laid hands on her, all of a sudden I went into a deeper realm of the spirit. And I saw right into her being. I didn't see anything vulgar. I just saw into her being. And I saw this little creature holding her, had a hold of her inside of her body. And I knew, let's do be careful here. I knew it had to do with immorality. What I didn't know at that moment whether it was something she self-induced or somebody imposed their will on her. And I said to her, I see something, I'm going to deal with that. I've got you. I had my hands on her head when I prayed about nightmares. And all of a sudden, I, I knew it. she was going to have a panic fit if I didn't grab her. And she started having what looked like an epileptic seizure. I've had many people do that to me. Their eyes roll back in their head. They started acting strange. I said, I got you, I got you. Hang on. There it went. She got delivered because of what I saw. And so uh, I, 
she went and got the pastor after the meeting. He has two young daughters, so he wasn't going to tell that what she said to him in the back room in front of his children, two little girls. But on the way to the airport the next day, he told me this. This girl told me, this lady, she's in my church, married a guy in my church, that when she was young, her father abused her sexually, physically. From nine years old to 17, he said, if you ever tell mom, I'll kill you and her. And he intimidated the two watt out of this young lady. And finally, she said, I couldn't take it anymore. I, I just was having a nervous breakdown, 17 years old. I told my mom, and they got divorced and said, then I went out. I had no education, you know, to speak up. So I went out to a club and danced, and that's all I'm going to need to say. You be intelligent adults, you know what I mean. You can make a lot of money taking your clothes off. But that's not the way to live. Amen. Then she said, I fell in love with my husband. And I've had two children by him, so it's not that I've been unable to have relations with my husband, but I felt dirty until Dr. Jacobs cast that thing out of me. And all of a sudden, I just felt so clean. <laughs> now, without the original word knowledge about nightmares, she wouldn't have been there. And secondly, without the second thing I went into and saw that spirit, I couldn't have dealt with it. Are you listening? And she got delivered. She said, tell Dr. Jacobs, I'm just as clean as a whistle. <laughs> yeah. I was at Dr. Cody's church not too far back. I don't know the lady. She said she was at that meeting with Dr. Cody over here in Paducah. She said I was talking from the front, and I said something about some of you got a lot of turmoil and weightiness in your brain over something that's happened to you. And come up here, I'm going to pray for you. I don't know who the lady is. She sent me an email and said, I was a young lady that was abused by my father. I didn't bring that up in that meeting about being abused. I just said, somebody's here and you're really tormented in your mind. She said, well, when you touched me, all that left me. She said, when my father, what he did to me was horrific. And then when uh, I got big enough to get out of the home where I could get away from him. I did, but said all I wanted at that point was alcohol and men. And then I realized how dirty I was becoming and because of her malfunction, because of what her father did to her. I'm just talking reality to you. Take it or leave it. You can watch Oprah if you want, but she can't get you delivered. And most preachers can't either because they don't know anything about that. But she said, then I repented and tried to live for God, but said, I've been walking around with all of this stuff. Oh, my God. I mean, I almost heard her crying on the paper when I read it. All that was on me and said, when you touch me, it just vanished immediately. I've had no problem since then. She even sent me an offering, and I didn't ask for one. I like that. Went into my aviation department. Let's go to the book of Galatians a minute. Uh, we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 1, verse 2, first of all. When you read the book of Galatians, you may be thinking it was just a church of Galatia, but there was churches, like there's churches in, in uh, Nashville. It says here, chapter 1, verse 2, And all the brethren which are, which are with me under the churches of Galatia. So he's writing all the churches of Galatia. Go to chapter 3. And uh, let's read here uh, verse 5. He therefore that ministers to you the Spirit, 
and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Well, by the hearing of faith. So somebody's been to that churches and they were ministering something that by faith gave them faith to believe in the working of miracles in the churches of Galatia. That's, let's see, Corinth, Romans, Galatians. That's four churches right there I just mentioned to you. All understood the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit, understanding them was common in the New Testament. You know what I found out? There was, there's not any churches in the Bible that did not cast out devils, lay hands on the sick, and operate in the gifts in the early century. You know, when Jesus was here and after he went home, and even up to about the 5th century, and there's always been a remnant that operated in that. But see, because the churches became more dominant, and they became more heady, and they became more legalistic. You're a part of our group. This is what we do. No, I'm a part of this group. This is what you do. You're a part of that. You better just knock all that out of you. You don't. You you do what God does. That's what you do. Yeah. Somebody don't like it. Tough stuff. I don't know what to tell you. Just quit, or grow up. But I just read my Bible over and over again, the New Covenant, and there's no such thing as a church that didn't believe in the supernatural power of these gifts. <laughs> yeah. I think one church came out of that uh, girl that Paul prayed for, with the spirit of witchcraft. <laughs> a church grew up in that city where she got delivered. Pretty powerful. Amen. All right. <clears throat> Let's go to Hebrews chapter 2 a minute. Hallelujah. You're still here, aren't you? Good. I'm just talking here a minute. Uh, before I read this verse, I want to give you something uh, that you could begin to do. And I'm primarily talking to the preachers, but individually too. An individual person could start operating in things if the Lord anoints you to do it. First of all, you're going to have to get spirit-filled. And you're going to have to think praying in tongues is something you don't do just because Johnny got hurt and you're in a ambulance going to the hospital. Knock that off, would you? What's with that? Haven't prayed in tongues for six years. Your kid gets hurt and you're, running in, you're praying in tongues like you're a professional now. I, I'm just being honest. I'm warning you. If you keep doing that to God after a while, none of it's going to work. Because you're playing him. You're not playing me. You're playing him. Trying to pay him like a sucker. Spirit in tongues should be a daily lifestyle with you. And not just daily, I mean several times a day. And really spraying in tongues, let me tell you something. There's a door right back there. You came into this room through that door. That's how you get into these things, by praying in the Spirit. It's not going to qualify you to do everything you think you want to do, but it'll qualify you to, if God wants to use you, he can put his hand on you, and you're prayed up enough and built up enough to yield to him and get people ministered to. Yeah, I'm just talking to you a minute. I was on an airplane a while back. It was one of those small jets. There was one seat on this side by the window. I was there, and about six rows behind me, well, the stewardess got on the the speaker system up by the captain and she said is there a doctor on this airplane there's a man having an epileptic seizure in this plane and I waited to see if anybody was going to respond you know I'm not medical doctor I'm just theological like that's a downgrade <laughs> yeah I'm throwing that at all the people that act like that yeah. and so she came by me and I tapped her on her arm right here I said 
I'd be glad to go back and pray for him. I know what I'm doing. I'm a preacher. They want you. So I went back, a lady on the aisle was her husband. He's got his head rolled on the window, and he's rippling. His eyes are back in his head. And now I didn't scream to everybody, listen, I'm going to pray. <laughs> but I didn't try to whisper so they didn't hear me. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command that to stop in this man's life right now. All of a sudden, his eyes came back where they should be, and she had a hanky or something wiped his mouth, and he'll be all right the rest of this trip. I said to her, are you a believer? I'm a Catholic. Well, that's good. They believe. You got a Bible with you on the plane? No. I said, I'll write you some scriptures down. Will you promise me when you get off the plane, whoever you're going to visit, take you to a book, Bible bookstore and buy a Bible and read these scriptures over out loud to him and you, and that all that will stop. And you can take it to the doctor too if you want. Amen. Yeah, he just stopped like that. Amen. Then I had a prayer line. They were laying out in the center. <laughs> I'm pushing it. I want to give you four things here. I'm still in Hebrews. Just leave it in part. Chapter 2 of Hebrews. Here's some things I learned over the years. Things we can do so as to not limit God. You remember this morning we talked about revival. And we talked about that wonderful verse. You ought to go back and visit it. Psalm 78, 41. I'm not going to turn there tonight. But it says, they turned back and tempted God. They limited. I want you to catch that. They limited God. They limited him. Because what we do limits God in our life. You know you're doing today exactly what you believe you can do and no more. And what I'm saying is I think for the most part, most of the body of Christ, their dreams are so limited in their thinking, but you need to let that expand more. If you want to accomplish more, you've got to let that expand greater. Now, you're not going to be a supernatural person and operate in all the gifts by next Thursday, I can guarantee you. And you probably never would operate in all those gifts. I'm not sure about that. They said Brother Hagin operated in all of the nine in his lifetime, but he was 87 years old when he went home. And I'm not challenging that. I operate in several of those things. I didn't tell you everything, but I'm just talking to you here. So here are some practical things you can do as to not limit God. Number one, pray in the Spirit more than you think you can. You know, sometimes when you first start out, you pray, you pray 10 minutes, you say, my God, I've got to have been praying an hour and a half. <laughs> Eight minutes? <laughs> okay, I'm going to go back at it. Oh, it had to be 30. 12 minutes. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You gotta have, you're going to have to learn to pray more than you think you can. What does that mean? It means you can do a lot more if you just put yourself to it. Yeah. And it will enlarge you on the inside. Uh, a gentleman that I knew that was Church of Christ, and you're not hardly going to believe this, he said, Dr. Jacobs, I want you to come to our camp and preach to our uh, group of campers that are camping. And I said, well, you're Church of Christ, aren't you? Yeah. Do you know I cast out devils and pray for the sick and minister? Yeah, we know that. And you still want me to come to Church of Christ camp? Yes, we do. Okay, I'll be there. It's a five-hour drive 
to where that camp was from where I lived. I got in my little car. I prayed one hour in tongues. I thought, well, I'm going to go on for two hours. Prayed two hours in tongues. I said, I'm just going to push on. Three hours, three hours and a half, four hours, four hours and 15 minutes, four hours and 30, four hours and 45 minutes later, I pulled into the camp. And when we had our first meeting that night, we had uh, metal fold-down chairs. It was a big crowd, nine people. <laughs> See, sometimes I'm saying that, and you think there's several hundred there. No, nobody is a big shot but Jesus. He's the only shot I know that's big. <laughs> a lot of people think they're big, but I mean, really big. God's big. So I said, who would, who would want prayer? And this young lady next to me, I'll never forget it. She looked like she might have been 17 or 18. She leaned over and whispered into my ear, I cannot think anything but filth. I turned to her, I grabbed her, come out of her! She fell down and rolled around on the floor and she got still and then she got up and said, my God, I'm delivered. Amen. Church of Christ camp. Amen. All things are possible to him that believe. Yeah. See, now listen to me here. Pray in the Spirit more than you think you can. That's what I did. I thought, well, I'm by myself. Or I'm just going to pray on. And then I kept praying on and kept praying on. I said, well, I can, I can go another 45 minutes. I can go and just kept on and on and on. I did stop and drive through someplace and did order in English to get a Pepsi or something to wet my whistle. And then that's it. I didn't eat. I just grabbed that took off. Hallelujah. So pray in the Spirit more than you think you can. Number two. You're going to have to learn to listen to the Spirit when He speaks to you. See, sometimes we think we got it all figured out. This is the way we do this. And that's okay if that's particularly the way God uses you. But I've had this happen twice in my life. One time a lady got in my prayer line. And let me see here. I don't have that written down. Okay, listen to the Spirit. So I was over. Pastor, you were with me, Pastor Keith and Cynthia. I went over to Pastor... Uh, Arthur Patterson, was that the right gentleman? His church. And I was and he came to my church once a year and preached a great preacher, good praise and worship. I mean, excellent. And so I was over preaching in his church. I had a word about depression, and a lot of people came. My people were in that meeting with me. And a lady, a white lady named Tawanta, you'd think she was an Indian by that name, Tawanta. Hey, 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 hey. It's a little humor, very little I know, but anyway. <laughs> When I got to her, instead of laying hands on her, the Lord said, hit her in the stomach as hard as you can. So you want to be a faith person. Here we go. <laughs> so you would have been proud of me. I laid hands on her head in the prayer line in front of everybody because I wasn't obeying. I, wasn't, I heard it, but I wasn't listening clearly. And so I laid my hand on her. You'd have been impressed with it. You'd have probably said amen after I got done praying. <laughs> But then I let, took my hand off. She stood there a minute, turned around, went started back to her seat. And God just screamed at me. He was really ticked. You know, I like the Father because he don't jive me. He just tells me what he thinks and what he thinks is right. He said, and he kind of said it like this, are you going to obey me or not? And nobody heard that but me, but it seemed like the boom filled the room with him speaking like that. And I said, Tawana, come back. God's got something special for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so thrilled that when she got back up in front of me, she lifted her arms, and this is the key. She shut her eyes. But the minute she shut them, I let her have it. 
<laughs> and this evil spirit, he came out of her tress. I saw his head come out first. He was a bird-looking creature, but he had a demonic head. And he wiggled to get out through her chest and flew through the wall of the church and disappeared. Her husband's a Marine. He just got back from Afghanistan. He's 6'2". Her husband's named Ronnie. He's a big guy and a Marine. I thought, oh, my God, if this doesn't work, I'm going to get beat up in the parking lot. <laughs> so when the whole meeting was over, she came up to me, and I said, did they tell you I slugged you as hard as I could? Well, they said that. I didn't feel it. What did you feel? I felt the anointing hit me. And when I went down, but she said something odd happened. And that's when I usually just say, oh, what happened? What do you mean odd? Well, and she went like this. Something came out of my chest. She went like that. I said, yeah, I saw it. It's a, demo it's a demon of depression. It looked like a bird. It had a, had a demonic face on it, but a bird creature. I've had that happen more than once. Then the other time I hit a lady, I never hit women normally, but... The other, other time I hit a lady, she got in the prayer line. She had a coat on, like something like this, but a lady's coat. She said, you got anything for that? And when she opened her side like that, there was, if you cut a grapefruit in half and stuck it on her, that's the size tumor was looking at me. Before I said anything to her, I just hit her in that, it, where that tumor existed, and my hand went all the way and flattened it. It disappeared. Now, don't be afraid to come. Miss Elaine over here, she was with me in Colima, Mexico, and I told that story about slugging Tawana in the gut. And so I, and she was coming for prayer, and she said, oh, my gosh, he's going to slug me. <laughs> but I didn't slug her. I poured a whole bottle of olive oil on her, and she got delivered. Yeah. Is that right, Elaine? <laughs> and I gave her some money to buy a new dress. That dress was ruined. Hallelujah. And normally I don't pour oil on people to get them delivered. Normally, but I did that night, that day. Hallelujah. Okay, let's see. I've given praying the Spirit more than you think you can. Number two, listening to the Spirit. You have to listen and obey what He's saying to you to do sometimes. See, and that that's, that comes with training. Train your own spirit. This is my habit. It, couldn't be, it could be yours if you wanted. You don't have to do this. But when I pray in tongues for a length of time, whether that be 40 minutes, an hour, hour and a half, or whatever, not bragging, could only be 10 minutes. But I always stop when I'm done and listen. I listen to see what Father has to say to me. I don't know what year this was, maybe 2000 and uh, I'm not sure. 2008, 2009, I don't remember. God said, get out of bed, go pray in the living room. So I went in there. He did, that's all the instruction I had. I want you to pray. So I went in my chair in the living room. And I sat down, began to pray in tongues. I prayed in tongues for about 45 or 50 minutes, and I got real quiet. And I'm sitting in the chair, not talking. I'm just listening. And Father knows that's what I do. So if he wants to say something, I'm more attuned right then. He said, I'm giving you a new anointing in your life. I said, wonderful. What's it for? It's for lungs, people that have lung problems, COPD, asthma. I think it was at Pastor Hernandez Church. He's another son. He's in Olathe, Kansas. 
and the, par uh, the parents brought their boy to me. I think they said, I don't have it written down with me. I think he was four or five, but he had to go to the emergency room every month. He'd have asthma attacks, and they'd have to get him to the doctor and take an injection. He had an inhaler, but sometimes that didn't do it. Said he gave him to me and said he'd never had another one. Took him back to the lung doctor, and God said, he got new lungs. I don't know what you did to him, but he's normal. Hallelujah. Listening to the Spirit. Number three, uh, obey the Spirit. And I told you that this morning, Acts 5.32. God gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey him. Now, you remember with Tawana, he said, are you going to obey me or not? And, of course, I eventually did obey him that, you know, moment. But if you keep on ignoring God when he tells you to do something, eventually he won't talk to you. Just talking to you here. You can grieve the Spirit of God. You can grieve Him to where He don't want to fool with you sometimes. So I know I got in trouble one time because God was preaching. God said, minister to that guy in that Navy suit over there in the fourth row. And I went on preaching. And in my heart I'm thinking, oh, I'll get to it at the end. And I got to the end. I didn't know what He said to do. So internally I didn't tell the church that. I just said internally, what is it you wanted me to do? He said, I'm not going to talk to you about it. You've, you've offended me and, and belittled my voice. Man, I went home crying that night. And he said, if, don't ever do that to me again. I said, yes, sir. And I haven't ever done it since that day. You know, you, I know we think we can just get away with anything any way we want to do it. Well, it's not the way you do it. It's the way he tells you to do it. It's important. Are you with me? Okay. Number four is you have to give place to the Spirit, both in your personal life. That's why I usually get silent after I prayed well. And normally I have a piece of paper and pencil by me. You know, or if I'm in my car and I'm prayed a long time and I feel like God's speaking something, I'll just pull off the side of the road and get a little sticky tab and write down what he says. And if he doesn't speak to me close to that time, I just forget it for then, but then maybe be listening the next time I'm praying that he'll talk to me about that. I don't know about you. I have a relationship with him. I haven't done everything perfect, and I've had to repent a lot of times. I don't know about you, how what kind of students you are. But I was a good student of Dr. Dufresne's, and anyway, I'm not bragging, just tried my best. So let's go Hebrews 2. Now, in this passage, I want to include this in my teaching for a minute, and I'm just about done. Um, he's talking about the angels in the latter part of chapter 1 all through chapter 2 up to about 7 or 8 there. So let's, let's read verse, uh, let me find it here. Uh, yeah, Hebrews 2 and 4. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and different kinds of miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. So he's telling us here that, and the word for uh, gifts there in the Greek is dis distributions of the Holy Ghost he gives us, that we, that, that we may be able to see signs and wonders and different kinds of miracles. You know, there's all kinds of different kinds of miracles. So there could be a financial miracle, there could be a a salvage of your marriage miracle. God speaks to you and tells you not treat your mate right. Or he might just say, you're just turning negative. You better stop it. 
Yeah, I mean, if, if you really trust God, he will, he will help correct you, and he won't be always screaming at you, but he'll let you know if you need to know something. All right, so we say this written to the Hebrews, and it involved angels also working with them. Remember I was telling you about the, the time I got up and prayed, and he said, I'm giving you a different anointing. You've never had this before in your mantle. I said, okay, what's it for? It's for lungs. I had that little boy healed of asthma. I had other, many other people healed of COPD, bronchitis. Uh, I don't know if I had anybody healed of cancer, but later he dealt with me. Anyway, I was in Costa Rica after that happened, maybe several months, and all I would do is give a, if you have a hard time breathing, you have a breathing problem, get up here, and I'd pray for them. And many, many times they'd be healed. But I went to Costa Rica, I don't remember what year that was, and there was an elderly woman in my meeting, and she came to be prayed for for lung problems. And I, I said, well, what exactly is wrong? Well, I've had lung issues all my whole life. She was probably 75 years old. And I laid hands on her, and, I, and all of a sudden this angel showed up. He's got, he, you know, they have faces, and they have arms and fingers, the whole nine. And he had a, this finger, it was, there was a laser, like a white light coming out of this finger with this elderly lady, and he started going across her lungs like this. And I saw it, and it looked like her lungs were gray, and he, it was like an eraser is all I can tell you. It was a laser type thing. And he cleaned up both those lungs, and when he got done, she fell out, but they all looked clean then. They looked normal. Then there's a little boy standing over here. I don't, let's call him Jose. I don't know his real name. That's a good Latin American name. And he's over here. <clears throat> he's probably 10 years old. He's not quite close to me, maybe a little further back. But this is the way he breathed the whole time I preached. <sighs> The whole time I'm preaching, he sounds like a machine. He got in line for that too, little Jose. I laid hands, and that angel was still with me, and he did this to Jose's lungs. But, and so he went home. The meeting was over after I ministered to people. It was time to go have lunch, and I didn't go with the, his grandfather and his parents. I went with somebody else to go eat. And when he got home, he was standing over the side. They're all eating, a big family. Uh, and he's going, he's standing in the corner, and he's going, and his mother said, Jose, what are you doing? He said, Mama, I'm breathing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's one of the most outstanding miracles I've ever seen. And I've seen quite a few. But let's go to one more passage, and I'm going to stop and minister to some people. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, I believe that's right. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And... Uh, <clears throat> Yep. He starts in verse 14 talking about, uh, as Paul writes this church, to, and he calls them, my beloved sons, I warn you, though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you have not many fathers. The Bible in basic English bears this out. You have but one spiritual father, for in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore, I beseech you, be you followers of me. Verse 17 is what I want to look at. For this cause I have sent unto you Timothy, who is my beloved son. He's a spiritual son, not biological. And faithful in the Lord. Timothy's faithful. Who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways. Now watch this. My ways which be in Christ. As I preach everywhere. 
So Paul said, and because it's in Christ, what we are in Christ, you can't operate in the gifts of the Spirit unless you're in Christ. In the anointing. And so this, not only, even if it isn't written, we know everywhere Paul went, he preached about his ways which be in Christ, so I teach everywhere in every church. I know sometimes people think, is angels all you ever talk about? No, of course not. But they are premium to me to talk about, and I never get tired of it. And I know a lot more than I did now than last week. Because I'm continually thinking and talking to the Father about it. I, I hear that, Father. So I'm just giving you that too. I didn't even get to 1 Thessalonians 5. You could just write that scripture down, 19 and 20, where it says, you know, despise not prophesying. I've been in churches sometimes, you know, you almost, uh, you know, don't want somebody to get up because they're just going to do the same old thing and it didn't got any bite on it. I'm just talking. I'm not a mean person. I'm just smart <laughs> when it comes to things of God. I'm not bragging about that. I've still got a lot to learn. I'm still learning. But he said he taught the same thing to every church everywhere. Then I don't feel bad either talking about angels the rest of my life. I've only been studying 42 years. Come on, on that subject. Let's stand up together, would you please, with me?